As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today, well, it's a voice you're familiar with because he's always joining me on the deep dive episodes. But And he's been on here for what is actually my most popular episode, surprisingly, The Crow City of Angels. But please welcome Chad back to the show. Hello, everyone. Sorry that uh, you have to hear this. But maybe I come back with another hot take and we can beat out the Crow City of Angels episode with with this one and people wondering what is wrong with him and his dubious tastes in films. Oh, that would be funny if City of Angels is at the top and then right behind is Spawn. <laughs> I'm Spawn like, topples wow, it. One- that would be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would be awesome. What a one-two punch. Hey, I mean, Spawn's experiencing a, a resurgence in popularity, so... Which we'll we'll get into that a little bit, and I don't know how much you know because I don't know a lot, but we'll get there. But first, let's just get into it. And of course, we're going back to 1997 and talking about Spawn. I Spawn. It's time to meet the new face in action. Time to get reacquainted. Back off your own. This summer, evil has a new enemy. Justice has a new weapon, and the world will discover Spawn, rated PG-13, now playing. Now, and your, your memory might be better than this. I think I saw this with you guys, but when did you first see this? Were we? Did we go to see this in theaters together? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know if it was opening weekend that we saw it, but we definitely saw it that because i think it came out in a in summer i think it was july or something like that when it came out i'm pretty sure i think it was a summer flick i think it i think it made its debut i think i just saw it celebrate his 25th anniversary august 1st okay so right at the yeah yeah okay so i'm pretty sure we saw it before we went back to school um or before i went back to school whatever because i was just in because i was in was that in that was 97 so i think i was going into seventh grade at that point I think. Yep. Yep. That's what. Yep. Uh, we were we were in the same grade, so yeah, that's, yeah. that would have been right. So yeah, so I saw it that weekend. But the thing is, I had been a fan of the comics before that because when I was in sixth grade, um, some of my friends were like these art nerds, and we would sit around uh, during our lunch hour and look through the Spawn comic books because at the time there was an artist named Greg Capullo who was doing the art. And we were all just like amazed by this, this quality of illustration. And so we would all sit around and like copy his drawings or we would like try to like analyze about like, Oh, how do they do this technique or how do they do this effect? And so, yeah, so I I got turned on to Spawn because of that. And then of course, you know, I found out they were doing a movie um so yeah and it's weird because i mean it was it was it's such a dark comic so i mean like how old were we at the time like what 12 13 something like that 
Yeah, yeah. I, you were 12. I would have been about to turn 12, yeah. at least when it came out. So it's kind of weird that I was I was reading these because they were I mean, they were they were gory. They were dark. They had rough language in them. Uh, so it was funny that thinking back like, God, I can't believe my mom let me like read this stuff. But uh, but yeah, of course, the movie came out, you know, like the following that following summer. So, of course, of course, I had to go see it. And uh, I think I just kind of dragged you guys along <laughs> to watch it. because I was like, oh, you have to watch this movie because I know I know for sure that like you and Chris were not uh, we're not spawn fans like at all y'all had no clue what the hell that even was so yeah no i agree i was gonna say my knowledge and relationship with spawn kind of begins and ends with you so (laughs) yeah yeah so um yeah and uh, you know i mean of course you know being like a you know 12 13 year old kid like i I just thought spawn was just the most amazing thing (laughs) ever because i mean it was just like you know it was a whole new world like i was getting into grown up things weirdly enough, you know, and not reading like super, even though spawn is kind of like a superhero, but he's an anti-hero, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I felt like, Oh, you know, moving on up, I guess. I don't know. All right. So you talked about reading it in the cafeteria with friends or at lunch or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I seem to recall you telling me a story of right before you discover spawn of actually missing an opportunity to meet Todd McFarlane. Right. Oh man, I totally forgot about this. Yeah, so like here in in town, there's a um, a comic convention that's a big staple here that happens every year, called the Heroes Con, um, and it's it's really one of the best comic conventions that you can go to because it's very centered around comics, comics creators. You don't have you know celebrity actors or anything or celebrity musicians coming to the show. It's very comic centric. So if you're a comic book fan, it's a great show to come to because literally like half the show floor is, is comic book creators. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess it must've been, oh gosh, I can't remember if it was like 94, 95, something like that. I can't remember when my first came I think it was 94. Five, maybe when I went to my first Heroes Con. But of course, I didn't know what Spawn was, but I do remember seeing back in the early days, McFarlane, Todd McFarlane, who's the creator of Spawn, which at the time was like a huge selling comic book. It was one of the biggest indie selling comic books on the market, selling millions of copies every month, hundreds of thousands of copies every month. And uh, he had this thing that he would go to shows with called the Spawnmobile. And it was an actual like drag drag racing car, not like drag queens, but like you know, a dragster car. I don't know how to say it. Muscle car, whatever. And um, it was called the Spawnmobile. And so he would take that to shows and he would, you know, have that set up there. And then like, I remember there was a an actress or model that he had hired and she was dressed up as one of the characters named Angela, who's like a like an archangel, like a battle angel, I guess a spawn hunter. And, um, she, she, I, remember, I just remember her being tall. I mean, she was built like a giraffe or something. Um, and then I remember seeing Todd McFarlane, um, actually signing iron and he had this huge fucking line. And of course at the time I didn't know who it was. I, it, it was neither here nor there. Cause I mean, I was at the time I was like interested in, um, X-Men comics and stuff. So that was, that was my thing. 
But yeah, I do remember seeing that and I kind of regret it because I've never seen Todd McFarlane again in person. I mean, I know he does like San Diego, which is like another huge convention that happens every year on the, in San Diego. Um, and I think you know, he's done some like New York comic con stuff, but you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really do a lot of shows much anymore. So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of regretful that I never actually got to meet him. Now, the sad part is I probably never will meet him unless I make it out to San Diego one year and he happens to be there, but yeah. Hmm. So okay. I guess that, I guess you're right. I guess that was my first introduction seeing this gigantic, tall, you know, gazelle like model dressed up as, as one of his characters on the floor and seeing this really awesome car as a drag race car. Okay. Yeah. So I remember probably with the first time I went, I definitely went with you guys. I mean, that's where I first saw Luke for Lou Ferrigno for the first time. Cause I didn't know who that was. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I know I said that they don't really have celebrity, but yeah, there was a couple years where they had like Lou Ferrigno there, obviously because he played the Hulk in the TV show. So it kind of made sense. But yeah, I remember I remember not really knowing who he was because I had always known him like in the makeup and stuff like that on the show. So I didn't, Lou Ferrigno, the man, like meant nothing to me. <laughs> Even at the time, I was like, who's that? I don't know. So. All right, so. For anyone who's unfamiliar, tell everybody what Spawn is about. Unless, I guess, we'll keep it to the movie. Because if you get into the what Spawn the comic is about, go for days. Well, yeah, I mean, and they're they're very similar. So basically, the the movie uh, follows this man named Al Simmons who is murdered by his own employer. He's a mercenary, and he gets murdered by his own boss. And Al Simmons' soul goes to hell. And, you know, he's basically so lost, I guess, you know, being without his wife uh, that he had on Earth. So he makes this deal with the devil, like, I'll do whatever you want. You have my soul in exchange for me being reunited with my wife. So the devil's like, okay, great. Sounds wonderful. We'll do that. Although the devil in this one's kind of a weird looking monster creature. Much like in the comics, but more awfuler in this. <laughs> but anyway, he comes back to earth five years later, I think is what the movie, if I remember correctly, I think it was five years later. He comes back to earth. He's this walking burnt corpse. Cause he died in a fire. So he's like Freddy Krueger, I guess in a way, but he looks crispier. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah, he comes back to earth. He's this walking, corpse shell of a person um you know his wife has moved on she's married his best friend they have a daughter and so the movie is about him sort of adjusting and reconciling who he is now as spawn because al simmons is dead so he's you know trying to figure out you know his place and and trying not to be you know hell's pawn in this big over scheme thing and and you know, realizing that, um, you know, he has, he's, he has this new lot in life, you know, which he can be, you know, uh, vigilante for justice or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, that's the basic story and there's some other plot lines, but that's the basic storyline. If you want to follow like just the main character of Al Simmons. Okay. And I'm sure 
some of this is nostalgia based, but what what is it you like about Spawn? Like you can't just all be nostalgia. What is it that makes you want to rewatch this? Because I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I mean the nostalgia factor is obviously the big thing, um, just because of the you know because I was at that right age, um, you know when certain things start to make impressions on you. Yeah, as you're going into you know your teenage years and and shaping who you become and the things that you like, but I mean the other thing is you know despite the fact there that this movie is you know kind of corny because uh, it, it definitely falls into like style over substance this movie um, even though the style is kind of you know there's there's some decent um, parts to it like you know I think Michael Jai White who plays uh spawn slash al simmons um i think he does a great job john leguizamo who i think is one of the most underrated actors out there is amazing as clown and then you know the other thing is i mean the production design i think is really kind of cool like you know the spawn costume is amazing i think it's probably even better than the source material in a lot of ways so so yeah i mean you know it's uh, there are some cool things about it but yeah, definitely, like you had mentioned, the nostalgia factor is like the big thing for me. I just like, you know, if I catch it on TV or somewhere from just kind of like flipping through Netflix or something, like, oh, that's, well, I'll just pop that on. Why not? <laughs> so it was like every few years I, I catch myself watching it. I mean, but is it a great movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> but it's a fun, stupid movie. So, you know, whatever. Okay, so. I don't remember if I ever watched this, but I know you did at least some. Why don't you give your thoughts on Spawn the Animated Series? I think it came on HBO. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that actually came out after the movie, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's when it premiered on HBO. But yeah, it was it was a big deal because that actually followed the comics more closely than the movie and it's kind of cool because you can definitely like if you if you watch the show and you read the comics you can definitely see where they extrapolated certain things um but the show i mean yeah it follows the same the same format you know spawn coming back to earth you know and and finding that he's not the man he was when he was murdered you know before he was murdered and and you know he uh is now having to adjust to being spawn and, and trying to escape this, you know, being a, you know, puppet for hell and Malbolgia and this whole stupid war between heaven and hell and everything and his place in it. And yeah. And there's some other like storylines too, uh, in the movie where it's not just like him against like, you know, some sort of hell creature. I mean, there's, you know, like him and the mob and him against, you know, these other like human creature, you know, human, human characters. Um, so, you know, it sort of grounds it in some way like that. And you get a much more, you get a much better sense of him, of the struggle he has. Cause the movie, it happens so fast. Cause the movie's so short. Um, but in the show, it's definitely, you know, longer. So you get a better sense of the character, I think. But the show, I mean, it was definitely, it was, it was a big thing at the time. Cause it was like, you know what a cartoon not made for kids <laughs> you know and it was it, you know 
I remember watching it with my cousin who was a born again Christian <laughs> at the time. And I remember her, she was just like, her jaw was on the floor. She was like, are you kidding me with this? Why did you make me watch this? And blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is, this is, so yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was awkward. <laughs> so the series is what you got, but let's say you had gotten a sequel back then, back in the nineties, everybody was coming back or whoever you needed to, to come back to make another movie. What would you have liked to have seen? As a fan of the comics, so maybe you knew different villains or whatever to yeah. bring in. Well, I think, you know, if they did a sequel, I'd like to see something like really over the top. And so like in the comics, uh, I'd mentioned that just like in the show, like he has this sort of uh, tiff with uh, the mob there. And there's a part of this exchange in, in his adversarial conflicts um, with the mob boss and everything is the mob boss, Tony twist actually hires this enormous, like nine foot tall, like tank size, like cyborg character named overkill to uh, go after spawn and, and to basically kill him because he's, you know, essentially a walking war machine. And, um, so yeah, I think doing something really fun like that would be awesome to see on the screen. Um, and but there's two characters from the comics that didn't make it into the movie that I wished they had put in. And it's these two uh, characters. They're New York PD uh, detectives named Sam and Twitch. And in the comics, they're they are like the human element and the comics um like they're the sort of perspective you know the human from you know the story from the human perspective that we see and um they play a big um role in you know also trying to help spawn take down tony twist and this whole like organized crime ring that's happening and stuff like that so i would have loved to have seen those two in the movies instead of you know like having like the homeless kid <laughs> in there uh which was played by um shit josh help me out it was the it was the full house kid the the or the gauge from fucking Pet that's Smith what that's what i thought it was gauge miko hughes miko hughes yeah, yeah it was, it was yeah, that's that, what i thought it was guy. i'm right. sure he's a lovely person house, but, but i still just would not I, I would prefer you know sam and twitch over seeing him in the movie <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Chad, you should know he was a lovely person. He was literally right next to your booth at Mad Monster Party one year. Man, who was that asshole guy that played in that Prisoner movie or whatever it was where he was electrified and he came back to life? So that was Mitch Pelegi or Pelegi. He was on the other side of you that year. Yeah, I remember that, that. That asshole. Yeah. And it was funny. Actually, I had a conversation with some friends about him because they're like, they're like, what's the worst celebrity experience you had? And I was like, so there's this asshole name, whatever the fuck his name. And I was like, and they're like looking at me like, who's that? I'm like, exactly. Who is that? <laughs> Mr. Coming I mean, in there thinking he needed, you know, 50 feet of fucking space for his goddamn signing. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I was with you there at least most of that Saturday and he didn't ever have too many people there. But no, he has his fan base for 
one Wes Craven's Shocker, but also I Shocker. Think he that's did, what that goddamn movie's called. I couldn't remember. Yeah, Shocker's the movie you're thinking of. But I think he also did quite a stint on X Files, which is why a lot of people knew him. Oh, uh, see, I don't know. I mean, I like X Files. I, I just watch- don't remember his ugly fucking mug on that show. So. Oh, gee. okay. I didn't watch X Files, but I'm pretty sure I saw that on the thing. But on the opposite side was Miko Hughes. Miko Hughes, I- who was lovely. He kept to himself, and um, <laughs> you know. So yeah, Chris kept making googly eyes at him. I think. Yeah, I remember. I remember Chris liked one of the photos he had <laughs> as his photos to get signed for his yeah. autographs. I remember Chris saying that. I t- I had to talk to him because it was right before the Pet Cemetery remake was going to oh, come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And they of course had spoiled in the trailer with the girl, which they don't call it a spoiler, but to me that's a goddamn spoiler. It's a if twist. You've seen the it's a, yeah, it's a twist it's, to the. What's... It's a twist that shouldn't have been revealed until exactly, the movie because yeah. it would have been a hell of a twist to go to the theater and see. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I just I remember asking him his thoughts on that at the time, but yeah, he was right next to you in the booth. But yeah, that was him. I thought that was him in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, good guy. So I guess. Move. Yeah, he was. Good. He was. Good. I didn't talk to he him personally, to but I mean, he was peaceful. He didn't knock over our fucking shelf, unlike the other guy. <laughs> okay. Oh, but I anyway, I digress. Had such a uh, contentious exchange with this Mitch Pelegi guy. Yeah, did do we not tell you about that? You might have, and it just slipped my mind, but I can't remember for sure. Yeah. So, like, like, so when we were setting up there. Before the, the day before the show, he has this this uh, this assistant with him and she was setting up there, too. Well, she comes in and she's like, oh, well, can you guys move your stuff over so we can have more room? And the thing is, like, I mean, you saw our booth. It was already narrow as shit anyway. So we were like, no, we can't. You know, we need this space just as much as you need your space. Sorry about it. Not sorry. Well, anyway, she tries running off to finding one of the show organizers there to bitch and complain about that, which they tell her tough shit, basically, because then he already had a decent space there. Well, then anyway, like the show comes along and, you know, he's doing his sign and all weekend he's doing nothing like he and the thing is that he did. He could he was not happy with just having a, you know, normal like whatever it was, six foot table, seven foot table to do his sign. No, he also had to have a separate table off to the side where he could stand and pose for pictures with fans. That's so what I remember was that. that yeah. And so he wanted the extra space so he could have this extra photo area to do that. Well, the whole weekend he kept bumping into our shelf, you know, like, and you know, the items that we had that we were selling there and stuff would just, you know, wiggle. And wiggle. Well, then finally, like on the last day of the show, like the last few minutes he was there, he decides he's going to back into our shelves so hard it knocked over everything there on the floor. And then he and his, I don't know, whatever, his assistant, daughter, wife, whatever the fuck she was to him. She's like laughing her ass off while sipping her stupid Starbucks cup because she looks like one of those ladies with like that phony confidence, you know. So like they're both laughing, laughing. And so Chris is like trying to pick up everything that fell over. And then this guy has the fucking nerve to come over and put his arm around me while laughing and say, I'm sorry, guys. It's been lovely being next to you this whole weekend. Blah, 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 blah. And trying to fucking insincere apology, insincerely trying to be nice. And I'm just standing there like, you know, I could, I could just punch this old fucker right in the face. 
But no, I'm not going to. That electric chair did its job. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God, I was so mad. It was so unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. And they did it just to be assholes. That's what, and that's what made me so mad about that. And that's why I hate this guy. Because he was such a transparent fucking asshole about this whole thing. So anyway, yeah. Marco Porpagino, whatever the fuck his name is, like good fucking riddance. (laughs) All right. And with that, we'll we'll move on to the next part, Chad. And that is the, uh, well, the part that you probably know more about than me, because I know it's been in the news multiple times, and that's the possibility of actually getting a remake done on this thing. Hmm. Yep. So... Well, first we'll get into that. What is what do you know about that currently? Like I know Tom McFarlane has come out and make statements every now and then. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been teasing a remake of of Spawn for several years now. Several years. An R-rated Spawn. He always yeah. makes a point to say an R-rated Spawn. Yeah, and he he wants to make it a hard R. It's it's I think part of the reason why it's being a hard film for him to make is because he wants to be able to essentially, he wants to make it an R rated film, which is already hard enough to get released in theaters to get a theatrical release anyway. But he also wants to write, direct and produce the movie. Um, and this, this is a comic book guy, but he also, you know, runs a very successful toy business, which is his bread and butter. I mean, that's, you know, he makes his fortune basically off his toy company, McFarland toys. They make some of the best toys in the world. I think, especially if you're an adult collector, so anyway, he, he wants to write, direct, produce this movie and have it on R rating. He wants to definitely go more of the horror route with it. Um, because, I mean, rightfully so. He's like, you know, there's no way that he can compete, you know, as a $200, $200 million tentpole film. So he, he said that he kind of wants to do sort of a lower end budget movie. And he hasn't really teased much about it other than, you know, he wants Spawn to kind of be this like, sort of background character, like urban legend type character. So I guess kind of like a candy man, if you will. Oh, okay. And uh, so, yeah, like every, you know, he keeps teasing, you know, every once in a while, like, oh, you know, I'm writing it. Oh, there's rewrites happening. Oh, there's talks happening. But it's, it's just a bunch of, time. you know, this is how Hollywood goes, I guess, most of the time. It's just, you know, a bunch of talk and nothing actually gets done. Um, but then once something actually gets a green lit, it's like, a boulder rolling downhill. So anyway, yeah, like I know Jamie Foxx has been attached to the project to play spawn slash Al Simmons. And then weirdly enough, like one of the characters he wants to bring in is Twitch, which I mentioned earlier, Sam and Twitch. Um, he doesn't want to put Sam in the movie for some reason. He wants Twitch in the movie and Jeremy Ranner is apparently attached to play Twitch, which I don't see it, but not that Jeremy actor is a terrible actor or anything. He's great, but, I just don't see him as as Twitch. But yeah, and he he wants this like, you know, sort of gritty, gritty film. And he said that, you know, in terms of like look and tone to it, he said, you know, like Uncut Gems was an example of, you know, sort of how how he wants the tone of it to be the and the look of it. So which I haven't seen Uncut Gems. I'm just not an Adam Sandler fan, but (laughs) no, check it out. (laughs) it's not one I would think of in the realm of spawn. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's where he wants to go. I think there's going to, and then I know last year it was announced there actually, and there was actually development on a salmon Twitch TV show because 
there used to actually be a Sam and Twitch comic book. Like they had their own title. They're developing series, which I think would be amazing because I read a, I remember reading a few issues of Sam and Twitch back in the day. And I mean, it, it was dark, gritty, you know, like murder stories. I mean, just crazy. Uh, I think it would make an, an excellent TV show. And you could certainly have, you know, like Spawn as this sort of background urban legend character. I think it would work perfectly um, for that. So, yeah, that has me really excited. But I think he said he has some news coming out later this year um, regarding that. I think I think he said New York Comic Con maybe uh, would be the next place he has an announcement, I think, because I know he... He, he was asked about it at San Diego this year, back in July. And I think he said that he's going to have more announcements regarding that at New York Comic Con. I'm not entirely sure, so don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure he's he said he's got more coming. Because like, I know the other thing that he's been doing, too, is he directed a music video for Ozzy Osbourne recently. Um, so I guess that was sort of like testing ground for him, which he's directed music videos before. Like I know he directed a music video for Korn back in the day. And he actually won an award for it. He actually won, I think, an MTV award for that video. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's got some directing experience. He just doesn't have, like, you know, feature film directing experience. And I think that's part of, like, the hangup because, you know, he's an untested filmmaker. And, you know, he's basically wanting to have full creative control over a movie. And I think, you know, a lot of it's kind of like, eh, let's, you know, we'll have to make some compromises here if this is going to happen. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes, but I mean, I hope it works out. Cause I mean, spawn fans, I mean, we've been waiting for a spawn movie for a long time. So I'm hoping it'll happen. Right. And I mean, in a mostly streaming world, mm-hmm. I, I don't see why this couldn't, I mean, he's planning on going lower budget. So that's definitely the way to go. And you know, honestly, he should try to hook up with Jason Blum Blumhouse. They do low-budget horror flicks, and they're always making money off of them. You know, I feel like there. I feel like he had mentioned there was talks with Jason Blum, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm not going to quote. I'm not going to quote that directly, but I feel like there was mention about it. But no, I agree with you. Like, you know, Blumhouse. You know, they 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 have a really good track record for making you know horror movies and stuff. And I mean, I think they can make an excellent spawn film. So, yeah. cause like, I know like the, like the version of the movie he wants to make is based. It's not based on like the spawn comic. Cause the spawn comic is very superhero inspired, even though spawn himself is not a hero. He's an anti-hero, but in, in, in the comics, it's, it's very superhero esque. And I know he doesn't want to go that route. But there were a couple of one-shot comics back in the day that were written by a writer named Paul Jenkins, I think. And the artwork was provided by an uh, Australian artist named Ashley Wood. And the and these books were called, um, like, I know one was called Blood and Shadows, and I think the other one was called, called Blood and Bone or something like that. But anyway, the artwork that Ashley Wood did with, these things, it was very sexy back in the day because it was like uh, he was using a lot of um, uh, digital media in his work. So he would incorporate, you know, like, you know, hand painted, hand drawn stuff, but he would also incorporate like photographs. But anyway, it had this like very ghostly look to it. And I think that's kind of what is inspiring McFarlane 
is to kind of go that route, do something a little more where Spawn is more of like a specter uh, rather than like an actual physical flesh and blood person like it was in this movie and the Spawn 97 movie. Um, so, yeah, I think that's... Uh, but yeah, Blumhouse. Yeah, perfect. Okay, but so let's say they make this announcement and who do you want? Do you want Jamie Foxx? Do you want someone else? How would you want to cast this thing? So I, I thought about... This one, not I like Jamie Foxx. I mean, and obviously I understand why he he needs to have Jamie Foxx because Jamie Foxx is a well-known actor. He's a big name. He's an Academy Award winner actor. So I mean, you know, you need that star power there. But also, you know, and not that he looks it, but Jamie Foxx is also like in his fifties now. So for me, I was thinking, who would make a good Spawn? slash al simmons actor and um this one actor i was thinking of um his name is trevante rhodes i don't know if anybody's aware of of this this actor but um he for one if you've seen moonlight he played adult chiron in moonlight um the the grown-up chiron um but he's currently in a hulu series called mike where he plays mike tyson and he, he doesn't have the, the teeth or anything, uh, so he won't look like Mike Tyson in the role. Um, but he's 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 got a good look to him. He's obviously he's built like a unit, you know. He's you know, and he's gotten a, he's and he's obviously got the acting range for it. So I think and he's just got a, he's got a good look to him. I think he would make a great Al Simmons slash Spawn, and he's young enough that. I think he could play the role if, if, you know, it turned into like a series of movies, you know, over here, like he, you know, he could certainly stick with the role for quite a while. So, yeah. And I think what's, what's funny is I didn't know this cause I was, I was doing a little bit of research um, today and Michael Jai White, who played Al Simmons spawn in the 97 movie, his breakout role before he took spawn was in the HBO movie Tyson, where he also played Mike Tyson. You're right. I remember. I didn't see it, but I remember that coming on HBO. Yeah. So that was his breakout any role. Do, yeah. Uh, I remember where we first saw him. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. It was a toxic, toxic Avenger too, right? Yep. Yeah. He played, he played one of his piano lessons. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Lord. That's hilarious. Yeah. He played one of the goons that showed up to beat up Toxic Avenger, in which you know none of them were able to. I, the only thing I remember about that movie that I still laugh about, and actually I was joking with Chris about it today. I can't believe I didn't remember Michael J. White, but uh, that one where that they had that man that was dressed up in the they had like the dress on. He's like, "Yep, take this, you naughty Toxic you," <laughs> and he pulls the gun out from under his dress. Oh my god, so ridiculous! <laughs> Such a fucking Kauf, was it Kaufman? Larry Kaufman is that his name? Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. Such a such a Lloyd Kaufman like campy <laughs> thing to do. Oh yeah. I'm not sure it would fly today so much doing doing that, but remember they had like 30 people pile out of that limo. Out of that limo like a clown car. <laughs> exactly. And that oh, and then he took the little person and like balled made him into a basketball. Oh my god. And slam dunked it. And slam dunked it. Good lord. Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely and then after not. Not go a, to Japan, and then it goes even further. It goes so, even yeah. further. Yeah, definitely not a, a movie that uh, 
<laughs> that would have a hard time finding its traction today, that's for sure. Good lord. But a movie that's getting a remake, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. The first one, at yeah. least. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I remember reading something about it recently. I don't remember exactly what, but I do remember reading uh, an article about it, and I was like, that's weird. Yeah, I know, I know making Blair's attached. That's all I can remember offhand. Mm. But anyway, back to Spawn. Do you have any other people like... Like, say they brought Clown back. Do you have anybody that could do better than John Leguizamo? Honestly, he's good in this. He's he's good, and honestly, I don't, I had a hard time coming up with that one. I was like, I was like, I just don't know. I just don't know anybody that would that would play that. I mean, maybe like if you put Andy Circus in a fat suit. <laughs> You know, I think it would just depend on the tone because I mean, John Logan. I mean, he definitely took a very comedic route right. with the character, right? And in the comics, he's not—he's not so much a a comedy character. Mm. He's not—he's not really comic relief. He's just this like violent demon that's in the form of a short, fat clown. <laughs> <laughs> basically uh so yeah i mean maybe like andy circus in a fat suit would be a good choice so yeah but i mean I, if they if they did i mean i don't know i, I still love john i was on i would love to see him have another bite at the apple what's your favorite clown line from the Just movie came up with this out yeah yeah oh, from oh, the gosh. movie yes like i remember our favorite as kids was the whole <laughs> Every time you fart, a demon gets his wings. Like as a kid, that line I was going to say that one, but I was like, mm. but my favorite this go around was oh, I forgot what it is, but he's like, oh, I'm so happy I could kick babies. I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I don't know if I had a favorite line, but yeah, he definitely had some really funny, like you know, one liners in this movie. Um. And I like how he, I do like how he referred to to Spawn when he first came back, and he was there at you know he kept calling him Crispy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crispy, yeah. Crispy. <laughs> and, he, and then like he like after Spawn's like symbiote suit took form, he's like, I now dub the you know burnt whatever, well done whatever, a Duke of whatever. Yeah, it was. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, like all the nicknames that he just kept throwing at him was just funny. Yeah, I bet that was John Leguizamo ad-libbing. That'd be my oh, guess. Oh, definitely. Just, definitely. You know. I think it's really funny is uh, John Leguizamo's in another favorite movie of mine, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. He plays Chi-Chi Rodriguez. <laughs> and it's really funny because, you know, like, John Leguizamo, like, he comes from a theater background. So, like, he's used to improving and ad-libbing and stuff like that and and just playing you know in the moment and uh he he you know has told the story about how like famously him and um uh, patrick swayze who was in the movie he played vita bohem um they they did not get along very well because patrick swayze was a method actor so he was very much well, i don't know i don't know how method he was but patrick swayze was just very much like by the script like you go by what's in the script, like word for word. Like that's, you know, Patrick Swayze just did not like to deviate from that. And so since, you know, John Leguizamo is like, you know, coming in there just doing and saying whatever. Uh, there was actually a point where they got into a, um, into fisticuffs with each other on set um, because, you know, 
Patrick Swayze is just so annoyed with him. So, yeah, I can just imagine on this set, you know, on Spawn, like where he's really playing, you know, a comedic uh, character, you know, given, I'm sure he was given full, you know, permission to do whatever and say whatever. Um, yeah, so I can just imagine him just, you know, coming up with random shit off the top of his head. And it worked. I mean, it definitely worked out for him. So, because uh, I mean, to me, I think, to me, in my opinion, John Lloyd was almost the best part of the movie, of this movie. I can't argue that. Can't argue that at all. But let's say, did you have anyone else before we move on that you had for casting? Um, Yeah, there's uh, one actress that I <clears throat> that I found who I think also has a really good look. She's been on a lot of TV shows, um, but to play Wanda Blake, who is Al Simmons' wife, um, is an actress named Logan Browning. You know, I have I, I have not seen her shows. I've seen clips of her and stuff like that. I mean, I just think she would be really great. And she, like I said, she just looks really good for the role. And then um, in the Spawn movie, um, Al Simmons' best friend, Terry Fitzgerald, in this movie was played by an actor named D.B. Sweeney, who was white. Now, these characters are African-American characters. And in the comics, they're all African-American characters. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, all of them. Yes. And so New Line, uh, Tom McFarlane, who's white. Well, he's Canadian, so he's like super white. He he said that the reason that they cast a white actor in the role of Terry Fitzgerald is because New Line at the time didn't want to have all the headline, all the all the main characters be black because they were afraid that it would they were afraid that audiences would be confused as to what the target audience or what the target demographics were for the movie so like well we have to throw in a white person in here somewhere so we'll just make you know his best friend white but um if they if they redid the movie and recasted terry um i think one actor who i really like um he he played in how the show how to get away with murder um his name is alfred enoch um, I think he would I think he would make a really good Terry. And the thing is, these these actors like Trevante Rhodes and Logan Browning and Alfred Enoch, like they're all like around the same age as each other. So I think it would work really well that it would make sense that, you know, Al Simmons and Terry Fitzgerald are best friends because they're similar age. They have similar interests, you know, and then, of course, Wanda, you know, being a similar age and having you know similar you know life experience, stuff like that. And it also explained too, I think, why, you know, like her and Al were so in love. Because, I mean, they were like teenagers in terms of how much they loved each other in life. Um, so, I mean, I think it would make sense. And then um, and then in my in my in my fantasy, I couldn't th- like in my fantasy, I, I mentioned I would love to see uh, Sam and Twitch in the movie. I don't know who I'd get to play Twitch. I mean, I know I've seen people online mention like Sam Rockwell, which I'm like, eh. Uh, which I mean, Sam Rockwell is great. Again, I just don't. I mean, I think he could probably make a good a good Twitch Williams. But definitely for Sam Burke, I would love to see um, Billy Gardell, who played Mike and Mike and Molly, the TV show. I would love to see him okay. play Sam okay. Burke. I think he would be amazing as the character. All right, sounds good, Chad. So now we're gonna do. And this might be the tough part for you because I noticed on your letterbox, you said 
you would not actually recommend this movie to anyone. No. But now I want you to sell this movie on someone who either needs to revisit, needs to watch it for the first time. Sell them on going to watching this, giving it a watch, because that's what we do here. We're trying to get people to watch new stuff or revisit stuff that they sure. maybe undermined in the beginning. Um, <clears throat> well, in terms of superhero movies, uh, this is actually a very important superhero movie because it was the first comic book. It was the first superhero movie that was adapted from a major comic book um, that featured an African-American character as the superhero. Um, I think, I think I remember reading that. Um, I think, was it meteor man? I think is what it was, um, was like technically like the first black superhero movie, I think. But spawn was the first superhero movie adapted from a comic book that featured, um, an African-American character as, the main character, the main star of the film. Okay. Well, let's and, not forget about Blank Man before you go any further, because <laughs> I love me some Blank Man. And Blank Man, but you know, I don't, I don't think that was adapted from a comic book. No, no, I'm just no. saying I don't know which no. came first, that or Meteor Man. I'm but... not sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember which one came. I love Blank Man too. Slap me around <laughs> and call me Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Still say that to this day. But yeah, and well, and then um, shortly after that, uh, the Shaquille O'Neal movie Steel came out after Spawn. I think it actually came out just a few weeks after Spawn. I think it came out like a month after Spawn or something. Anyway, but yeah, it was the first movie that that had an African American character, and it was the first superhero movie adapted from a major comic book. So it sort of paved the way for some of the other movies uh, that featured black superheroes, like Blade. Um, Blade became a big one. Wesley Snipes. So, yeah. And I mean, the movie did pretty well in the box off. I mean, I mean, it, it made back what they spent. I mean, it made back like just under, I think, 90 mil against like a 40 million dollar budget. So, I mean, it did pretty well for it. I mean, I guess what you'd say it was like minimally profitable. But yeah, it's, it's important in that regard. I mean, when you look at the modern superhero movie, I mean, it's it's pretty significant. So. Uh, you know, as corny as it is and as, you know, stylish as it is, it does have its place, I think, in, in the superhero, modern superhero f- film genre. So I think if anything, I think that would be a good reason to to visit it. And then, you know, the other reason is, you know, like if if you're a fan of John Leguizamo, I mean, this is a good film to, to watch him in, you know. And also, if you're a film, if you're a fan of Michael Jai, like Michael Jai White, I mean, I, you know. He he should have been a bigger a bigger action star than than you know just doing like smaller independent films. He should have been a bigger action star in my opinion because I mean he is a legit like martial artist, uh, you know, and and he does his own stunts and stuff. So uh, so yeah, Michael Jai White's great. It's got Martin Sheen in it. Martin Sheen, you know, if you're a fan of Martin Sheen, um, and Mindy Clark for those uh, horror fans out there who are like you know Nine Living Dead Three. You know, Mindy Return Clark. of Living Dead 3. Return of Living Dead 3. Sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah, you can tell it's been forever since I've watched those movies. But I loved her. I loved her look in that movie when she you know, puts all the hooks and chains in her and stuff like yep. that. That's really awesome. Uh, and then, you know, she people might remember her um, from the TV show Xena. She she played one of the villains, uh, Amazon villains in uh, Xena, Warrior Princess. <laughs> people are familiar with that show. So, yeah, Melinda Clark. Yeah. 
And I'll just add on, it's got a banger of a soundtrack. Oh my Anybody god! Anybody who saw soundtrack. this movie in '97 yeah. bought this soundtrack. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually that was one of my talking points I wanted to bring. Up. The soundtrack was amazing. They they like they would take, you know, these like metal bands, these rock bands, and pair them with like what would you say like DJ type uh, musicians, I guess, and they would have them collaborate because like you know you had like filter. Oh gosh, I forget the with the crystal method. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think they did do. Yeah, well. they yeah. had them. They had a uh, corn with the butthole surfers. <laughs> um, you know, they had. You know, I know he's canceled now, but they had Marilyn Manson with the sneaker pimps. Pimps. Um, that's long road out of long hard road out of hell. Well, that's a hell yeah. of a damn song there. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was a great soundtrack. Um, now, didn't he name his first bog- autobiography that "Long Hard Road Out of Hell"? Yeah, I think so. I think I feel right. like he did. Mm-hmm. Back in the days when you know people could control their <laughs> their public image and persona, because that book's full of fluff. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean it was it was you know different time, I guess. But yeah, anyway, yeah, great soundtrack. Yeah, I still listen to to a few songs off of it on my Spotify list every now and then. So yeah, fun stuff. It's kind of like the Crow City of Angels soundtrack. The movie was kind of, uh, but the soundtrack was fucking dope. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> so that's I may have dubious taste in movies, but I do know my soundtracks. It's right up there with Sound uh, of Music. <laughs> yes. Sound of Music, Spawn. <laughs> S-O-S-P. It even goes together in, the, in alphabetically. <laughs> All right, Chad, I think that's going to wrap this one up. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on the Tweety Box and Letterboxd at Green Screen Gun. I'm not I'm not on IG anymore. I took that down. I was I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm actually kind of generally tired of social media, so I'm not incredibly active anywhere, but you can find me on there if you want to if you want to throw your barbs at me, I guess, and hurt my feelings and make me sad for a day or two. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> Yeah, or come, if you want to send some love them on Twitter, at least yeah. if you want to send some love to that's fine. I'll, I'll take that too. Yeah. Let's get him active on Twitter anyway. It's a, it's a fun place to be though. Twitter's a fun place to be. It is, but it's full of like, Oh, I get so depressed reading that shit. Cause there's always like, you know, news about government issues and all that other shit going on. It's like, but then occasionally, you know, you find some really interesting conversations about like, you know, movies or comics or something like that, yeah. which kind of pep you up a little bit. I don't know. Social media is a cesspool. I don't really care too much. <laughs> I'm turning into an old man. Back in my day. <laughs> I mean, does anybody remember the good old days of MySpace where you could just, you know, piss off people by switching around your top eight? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Why did you move me to number three? I thought I was your number two. <laughs> oh, man, you're exactly right. And you could have music playing on your page. So that was awesome. Yeah, that was a really nice way to customize your, your page. And as far as I know, MySpace didn't steal all your information. They didn't track you all over the place either. Although I'm sure they would today if they were still around. But Right. Well, from what I understand, they are still around, but it's mostly just bands. Have you seen the website to MySpace now? It's gross. Like, I don't know who the fuck they got to design that shit, but it is. It's ugly. No, I can't say I've visited MySpace recently, so no, I don't know what it looks like. 
But I was able to, I was funny, uh, a few years ago, I was able to log into my old MySpace account and actually de- delete my profile. So that's off there. Wow. Yeah. I guess I if you go into the, to the archive.org to the, or the Wayback, the Wayback machine or whatever it is, where they have like archived like pages and stuff like that, you can look up like your old profiles from back in like, you know, 2005 or whatever. Oh, wow. Well, I honestly didn't know that was a thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah guess i could see what's out there on me but as you guys know this is kicking off our october thon we're starting a little light on the horror with spawn it definitely ventures into the horror territory and, and next week you could say it's not even a horror movie but in a lot of ways it is as sam from the fright mike podcast will join us to talk about midsomar so and then after that Chaz's brother, Chris, we've been mentioning his name. He'll be on to talk about, and I have no idea who does the movie, but it's Rejuvenator. Yeah. Slash Rejuvenatrix. I, I was going to say, you mentioned uh, Midsummer. Have you seen, uh, speaking of like movies that came out in 90s, you know, in like 90, you know, whatever year, have you seen those things on Twitter where people take like the ending of movies <laughs> and they like, if this movie came out in like 1998 and they'll like play like a 98 hit, like, you know, I don't know, like, Duncan Sheik or something like that. I am barely breathing. <laughs> like play it over the end. Oh my god, it's so hilarious. So yeah, I just happened to think of that because I think I saw today uh, one of those like if this movie came out in '97, I forget what song it was that they played on there, but it was it was funny. It was like if The Godfather came out in 1997. <laughs> oh, I have not. I have not. So maybe you'll have to make one for me soon so I can use it to promote. For sure. For sure. But speaking of, you can find me at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I'm like, chat. I don't really post that much on there anymore. I've been slowly just backing away from the Instagram myself. Twitter is where it's at. That's where all the conversations happen, and that's where I'm most active. Easiest thing to do. Go to linktr.ee slash YNF Movie Pod. Find social media platforms, podcast platforms, YouTube channel, my personal letterbox, so you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the pod. Like I said, come back next week as Sam will join us to tell us why Ari Aster's Minsomar should be your next favorite movie. Till then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>